Welcome back to Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and what I do is I talk about Renaissance art, classical music, and fine wine. Now, I'm not sure what you thought this podcast is normally de- dedicated to, but it is now and has always been dedicated to those three subjects. Actually, no. What I do is I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows, but every seventh episode I shift gears a little bit so that I can talk about what I call weird stuff. But when I talk about weird stuff, I am never alone. No, no. Joining me, as always, is Two True Freaks co-host, Two True Freaks co-founder, and former Carthage, New York mayoral candidate, the artist and podcaster formerly known as Mr. Chris Honeywell. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I would have loved to have beaten uh, my social studies teacher and mayor of Carthage, Warren Kenahan, in a, in a, in a ma- mayoral fight. That would have been great. Well, he was a pretty low-energy candidate, as I recall. <laughs> he was a very low-energy candidate, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris... Uh, being as today's subject, our weird stuff topic of conversation, as this was kind of sort of completely your idea, why don't you take it away? Tell us, or tell us, tell the listeners, what exactly you and I are going to be talking about today. We will be talking about something, something that, that's very recently become, I've been on this tip for a while. I remember we've been talking about this in the last few years, just here and there. But now it's really starting to gain some quote-unquote traction, and that's the Mandela effect. I see, and And the Mandela effect, that's when somebody is released from prison and then they become president or something like that. Isn't that what the Mandela effect is? Yeah, it's very common. It happens a lot. (laughs) A lot of people try to go to prison just so they can get out and become president. No, no, it's a... The term was coined in 2010, and it was, it's, it's basically a bad, a a name for bad memory. It's uh, a lot of people would be talking about, and and this is like something like deja vu that people have noticed all, you know, through my life. People are always noting things like this, but where... You thought something was a certain way. Now with with our own, the other two freak, uh, Scott Gardner, the second freak, or first freak, or, or however, I think he's a little older than me, so he's probably first freak. Um, he's always, I mean, constantly you see him on Facebook going, "I thought that guy was dead. I thought that was guy was dead." And, yeah, and he's about, like the walking embodiment of the Mandela effect. It's great. And about 25% of that is him just joking, but most of the time he he actually thought those guys were dead. And it's there. Were, a lot of people were noticing they'd have conversations about N- Nelson Mandela, and there would be a lot of people who who really like had a strong memory that he died in jail in the 80s when he was in prison, and that they they would remember like the you know the funeral for him and stuff being on TV and stuff like that, and it would be ge- generally confusing to them that no, he got let out and became president died like five what is it five years ago five or six years ago now yeah something like that and and uh you know it 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 sort of turns into a thought experiment because it's like i could see you thinking that he died in prison if you're not really paying attention he was old 
he was in prison and they talked about him a lot in the 80s yeah. and I and you know yeah. they were and as you grow up you see on the news state funerals and stuff like that so if you thought he died it'd be very easy to pull up a memory of like a TV screen in a third world country with you know people out to see someone dead and not necessarily have it be Nelson Mandela's funeral but it's just an interesting little little effect and another like one that that has a lot of traction that people think is and and this is something I thought too is the Berenstein Bears Stain and, uh, or Stain? Well uh, apparently it's Stain my roommate has some original clothing from the time period vintage somewhere in the house and she's gonna dig it out and we're gonna see what it says I'm hoping it's worth a lot of money if it says Steen on it because <laughs> because and 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 I can very and you know people have dug up TV guide articles you know listings for their, their TV specials that say Baron Steen bears in them and I could totally see that because just in as far as last names go you you hear of a lot more steens than state steen steins mm -hmm. than stains yes and so you see baron stain and your brain might just go baron steen it's just an interesting brain phenomena and there's all sorts of things like depends like oh you're old and you're incontinent you wear depends actually it's called depend <laughs> is the brand the brand name Right. So whenever that they that they they refer to it on TV, it's depend. But people in their brains go depends and go, oh, I, what do you mean it's depend? That doesn't make any sense. Well, a uh, like people have come up with some pretty some pretty outlandish theories. Oh, that's on... where the fun become be, begins. Because then, well, you know, that's. And, and I wanted to bring this topic into – mix these two topics in a little bit mm -hmm. is uh, the flat earth is, okay. is getting, getting to be a big thing nowadays. There's a lot – you know, people who believe that the earth is flat and now, all I, I, the – I'm kind of curious. This isn't me like vamping for the audience. I'm actually kind of curious about this. I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to the flat earthers, but is that like ironic or are they like really well, serious? Well, here's the thing. Yes and yes. <laughs> it's been ironic for many, many, many years. There's been a Flat Earth Society for a long time. But the original premise of the Flat Earth Society, up until recently, has been it was a bunch of smart alecks and, and uh, scientists and, and you know, scholarly types, educated types who would get together and use it as a, a um, launching pad for creativity, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, we get together and we're the Flat Earth Society and we're scientists. Let's take what we know about science and start to as an amusing and fun and funny thing. Let's start, you know, you know, explaining why the Earth is really flat. Let's take something so ridiculously obviously wrong and counterintuitive and start like approaching it as if it was real and see how much fun we can have and what we have to, you know, what kind of pretzels we have to tie logic and reality in to do it. Mm 
mm-hmm. and they would print a news newsletter that would go out amongst the the lot of them, and uh, and it was that thing, you know, it's like the, sh- the the people who get together and write Sherlock Holmes stories or something like that. It's it's just a, it was something to amuse amuse people, you know. Yeah. Now we have the internet, and that's where the problem begins. Because when you get something like that, that <laughs> was for people's amusement, and you open it up to where anybody can can get a hold of it, and on top of it, you've had scientists <laughs> setting up their their bullshit arguments for it. That sound like sound scientific arguments because that's what they've set them up to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And then people get their hands on that that and take it seriously. That's when the trouble. <coughs> that's when the trouble begins because you can find those people. Those people aren't going to find you when you're just a newsletter getting that's circulating around academia. But when you have the the internet, anybody can find you. It just takes one. One, you know, BuzzFeed going like, hey, look, everybody, there's a flat earth society. And that's basically what happened is, you know, that it was brought to people's attention that, of course, they had a website once they had the Internet. And then you had and then all it took was a couple of celebrities who were dumb enough to believe it. And you're off to the races, you know. Jeez. OK. And, and, and the Mandela effect is undergoing a similar transition right now from where it went to. This is a really, you know, there would be Mandela effect, you know, forums and stuff. And it would be people go, you know, saying, you know, I thought this product was named this. And and then you would see some where you would be like, no, you're totally wrong. One of the big ones was uh, Mirror Mirror on the Wall, who's the fairest of them all from, uh, what was it, Cinderella? Yeah. Was Snow White? Snow White, Snow White, Snow White, yes. And, uh. And the the actual line is magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, you know, it's easy to figure out how you get from one to the other, and then it just becomes common parlance. You know, there, it's like life is like a box of chocolates is is misquoted and has become the or play it again, Sam, which he never says play it again, Sam. Yeah. Well, and, the uh, one that um <clears throat> that I remember reading about, and I I got to tell you, if this hadn't received an official denial. I might have actually thought, I might have, I might have believed in this. And this is actually going to hit home for you at least a little bit. You probably even heard of it. Um, May the twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. Um, absolutely nothing happened at all. Actually, the first Star Wars movie, some would say best Star Wars movie, uh, came out, and obviously was very popular, gained a lot of, like, core fans. And in the years thereafter, and certainly once, you know, the Internet became kind of a going concern, there were people who swore on a stack of Bibles that they went to see Star Wars, and there was this scene where uh, Luke and Leia get chased up the corridor, uh, Leia lowers the blast doors, and then Luke throws his grapple line... And misses. So he pulls it back up, throws his grapple line again, and that is when it finally takes. They swing across the the chasm, and then they make a run for it, right? Whereas in the movie that you've all seen, they get chased down the corridor, she lowers the blast door, he throws his hook, catches it the first time, they swing across the chasm, then they make a run for it, right? There are people out there who swear they've seen a cut of the movie where Luke misses on the first throw. 
And I think that was even in the uh, Marvel Star Wars comic. Where... Now here's that's I'm I'm actually I've just turned my ch- I'm like thinking to myself. I'm very familiar with the Star Wars Marvel comic, but I'd still need to refer back to it. But I'm like, oh, where's my closest copies in another room? And now and then my hairy eyeball had just fallen upon the novelization. Oh, which yeah. Maybe very that's well, novelization stretch stuff out, too. And that very well, I'm I'm you know what? I'm going to run right over and grab that. And while we're talking, I'll find it. All right. Sure. Go right ahead. So and and I can kind of you know fill the air a bit, but basically the. Oh, it's okay. It's only five feet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this was th- this was a big enough deal that Lucasfilm issued a like an official announcement on their webpage, and this is like in 1997 or 98 or maybe even 99, something like that, where they said, "Look, guys, of all people, we would know what has been released and what hasn't, and we are here to tell you." That that cut of the movie has not it ever existed. It does not exist, and I don't think it ever will exist. But there are people out there who swore up and down that they'd seen it. And the most that the writer for StarWars.com was willing to say was that maybe they read it in, a, uh, in the novelization or in the comic, and then they just imagined what it would be like in the movie, and then it's just one less step you have to take to, to thinking really? that you Whirling the weighted end of the cord in increasing circles, he let it arc across the gorge. It struck an outcropping of cylindrical conduits on the other side and fell downward. With forced patience, he pulled the loose line back in, then recoiled it for another try. Yeah, there you go. So uh, uh, when you're eight years old, you see the movie, your brain explodes, and then you read it in the book or and in the comic. It all just goes together, you know? Yeah. It all just becomes one. Well, and the thing about it is, I mean... And that that explanation is... That's Occam's razor right there. So much better than the, than the, it's actually Crisis on Infinite Earths happening, you know, or something like that. Well, the this was all pre-Mandela effect. And so the uh, the theory that some... <clears throat> and this, this didn't get a whole lot of play, you understand, but some people said, Lucasfilm's lying. They are lying to your face. They need to cover up this bombshell. Yeah, and it's like this is. <laughs> look, I mean, does Lucas, or rather, in the in, in the George Lucas era, did Lucasfilm lie? Dude, they lied through their fucking teeth. Yeah, that uh, you know, George Lucas had this shit all planned out yeah, way ahead of. Fuck you. Shit. No, he didn't. But they'll lie about that because this we're talking about George Lucas's reputation. That's on the line here. Nothing is at stake with yeah. admitting or denying that, hey, there was a version of the movie that somehow ended up in theaters where Luke misses on the first throw. And, hey, if you saw it, good for you. Yeah, and, nobody's going to argue it's better or worse either way. You know, it's just like, yeah. And there was um, an alternative uh, cut of um, episode one that did make it not very many, but it did make it in some theaters where Obi-Wan, like Superman's out of that uh giant pit of whatever doom and then he slices Darth Maul on the way up well in every version of the movie that I've ever seen Darth Maul falls down the chasm and then you can see that he's been split in two his body just falls apart but there's a version of the movie that 
came out in 1999 in a couple of theaters where he falls down the chasm and he stays in one piece the whole way down. And that in Lucasfilm, they admitted, yeah, hey, you know, we weren't sure what kind of rating we were going to get. And so it looks like a couple of those prints got struck. Few of them apparently made it into wide release. We found out about it. We yanked them because that's not the movie we wanted to. And they were very honest and upfront about it, you know. They admitted to a mistake in one place. Why would they not admit to a mistake in another? It doesn't make sense, does it? Right, right. As a matter of fact, that mistake is sort of something that, like, would be a nice little piece of trivia lore anyway. You know, it wouldn't be something you'd want to hide. It doesn't hide any kind of, of you know, it actually would add to the, you know, add to it. It would be an interesting little sidebar to anybody. There's nobody who'd, you know... I mean, maybe the person who shipped out the wrong copies could get in tr- yelled at a little bit, but I, you know, um, dude, that's, come on, that's human something error. They gotta nowadays, and I think episode one was basically pretty much, you know, the the opening gambits of the 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 just sort of all encompassing aspect of stuff being shot digitally, and that's brought us into an era where. You don't have to, you don't, you're not dealing with the physicality of film, which cuts a lot of time off it and adds an ease to editing it. I mean, it's, it just, you know, it's the difference between editing on audio tape and editing on your computer. Literally it's, it's, and and editing with film is a bigger pain in the ass. It's, and it's very, and you have to keep strict conditions to keep the film in good shape and stuff like that and work prints and blah 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 and send it off to the lab to get color timed and you do that all that stuff on a computer now so they edit this stuff right until the day it's come out you know it's going out in a digital manner anyway so they can tinker with it right up until the last second and they do because nowadays you know half the trailers have footage that you're never going to see in a movie at, at, at all because they you know it ended the trailer was made you know four months before the movie came out and they've edited it 15 times since then and tweaked it well and to prove to prove your point to give people kind of an example um episode two was it, it was released digitally but it was also released mm-hmm. primarily as 35 millimeter film prints right and if and i i dare not exaggerate in saying that most people probably saw the 35 millimeter film print of episode two maybe a few were able to find a digital projection of it but mostly it was 35 millimeter and the film print version of attack of the clones is very different very different from the digital version and the digital version is what was released on dvd and so now there's this yes kind of non-existent phantom version of episode two that like if you saw it back in 2002 three versions actually yeah well there's there's the there's the the digital version the film version that went out to theaters and then there's the imax for version which had 15 or 20 minutes cut out of it because at that that point imax was on was on that super 70 millimeter film and you could only have a two hour you could only fit the real two hours worth of film on the reels that you switched and in that an includes IMAX credits, theater. guys. Right, right. So they had to, they took out the I I saw the IMAX version of it, 
and they shaved they shaved the romance down to the bare minimum. That's basically what they did with it, and it was a tighter. In in all, the the IMAX version was tighter, faster, and punchier <laughs> than the, and more intense than the than the regular version than the either regular version. Well, and the the DVD version was also different, and then the Blu-ray sure. version was. I mean, they're sure. so fucking. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. So, but yeah, but the the point of it is that yeah, you know, Lucasfilm was so honest about this, and so why would they be dishonest about just this one thing? But you know, it in terms of like explanations for all of this, I mean, there have been some really outlandish Ooh. theories that have gotten bandied about. Now, my personal favorite is that time travelers from the future have basically changed something in the past. And so the Mandela effect is kind of this four-dimensional deja vu. Where... It's, it's like a Marty McFly ripple in effect. Yeah. And so what we're seeing is like the documentation, or rather we see we have seen that events have changed. And, we've, and what we're seeing right now is that documentation is starting to change. And so the next thing to change as a result of all of these different um, uh, tweaks and whatnot that the secret time travelers have been doing, our memories are going to change. And I, God, I wish I'd, I, I'd bookmark this, but I want to say it was like a year and a half ago. I saw somebody's, um, like, this is a true believer Mandela effect blog. And this guy is scared shitless that the Soviets are, I don't mean the allies. I mean, specifically the Soviets are about to win all of world war two and set up this this uh, worldwide, I don't know, uh, communist panacea thing. And this guy's like freaking the fuck out on his own blog and it's, about and it's And one day it's just – it's it's already happened and one day the wave's going to hit us and it's just going to be like boom and we're living in communist – like a Russian version of Man in the High Castle or something like that. Yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, yeah, this works. The Mandela effect. Now, did you send you me know, that blog? Praise like a virus on psychotic impulses and schizophrenic impulses, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those things that, or, or, or another one that I that I heard somebody, God, somebody sent, somebody sent me this link. I forget who, but basically saying that this is not time travelers from the future. All of these ripples and changes and, you know, all of that stuff, it's basically, um, it's either a side effect or maybe it's not a bug. Maybe it's a feature of CERN. CERN. That's a big one. Yes. And all these sound and, and, and notice that all these sound totally like movie scenarios. <laughs> they, 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 they're all like little, little tidbits of. It's it's very much like um, you know the lizard people now, and you hear the people the people who talk about lizard people and their their stories, and you you keep getting little bits of you know John Carpenter's they live out of it and and stuff like. If you watch Alex Jones, he's constantly going, it's just like Terminator, blah blah blah, and when in Terminator this you know, yeah. so that gives a little insight as into how you know where a lot of it's coming up because. If okay, if times travel changing and memories change and stuff like that, a getting worried about it is hardly anything to do because if your memories change, nobody's gonna know it. You know, there's no our memories could be changing every single second as far as we know. Our future, you know, we could be living in a constantly changing universe that way, 
And as our brains change, we just aren't aware of it, you know? Right. Maybe that's what deja vu is, our, our brief periods where we, you know, you can, you can retcon all of this. My, you know, the CERN, the CERN stories are, are natural, just unnatural because ever since CERN started up, there's been people like, we're going to, you know, they're going to create a black hole. You know, they're, they're the one that I remember the most is um, opening a gateway to hell. There was one. Did you, sure, did you see not? that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that that they or or into some sort of uh, interdimensional Cthulhu type people. I mean, there's a whole conspiracy theory ranging back to that's what's messed up about our reality now is in the 60s. L. Ron Hubbard and and another guy did a ceremony out in the desert by Aleister Crowley that he had even balked at doing to open up, you know, the, uh, a portal to the old gods and they'd accidentally let in, you know, the Cthulhu's and that's what's, we've been dealing with that ever since. I think that was part of what the exorcism of the, um, the Pentagon by the yippies in the sixties was, um, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, and, and CERN is something that, you, you know, I mean, it's a locked tight conspiracy thing because no matter how, how open CERN is, you can always go, oh, of course CERN says this is what they're doing and they have this cheerful little website. Of course they do. They don't want to tell you that they're, you know, Mandela affecting the, the whole, our, all of our reality all the time or they screwed up and they don't want to, you know, they're trying to cover up for it. Yeah. So there's no way you can. It's undisprovable. My favorite, and I don't, and I don't want to say who the. Well, I don't want to say who the listener is because I'm not actually sure. Mm -hmm. I think I know who it is. I think I remember who it is. But one of them knew my propensity for following people on YouTube who have like complicated conspiracy narratives and stuff. And I can't remember and if this jobs. Girl, just, let's just yes, that. yes. And and uh, the and and the more you know, the more involved nut jobs, the more involved the nut job is, the more I like them. So, he sent me a video that way on on this woman. And I can't remember if he was a roommate. He he'd actually either lived with her, or dated her, or something, or dated her roommate, or something like that. He had he'd actually known her in real life. And this was her thing. And she was on all sorts of loopy, new age, hippie sort of stuff in those days. But this is like gone into the beyond. And she had, I would have to say the video was probably an hour and a half long of her recounting a dream she had. But inside the dream... I think weeks passed in 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 her her perceived time and it wasn't dream time it was like she was somewhere else for 2 weeks and then woke up the next morning and uh what happened is she fell asleep and she ended up in in um a, a, another another reality slash dimension where there were there were multiple versions of her there were all sorts of people who I, I could only describe them as the way she described them was somewhere between like mentors, guardian angels, and maybe boyfriends. <laughs> maybe oh, man. Boyfriend on the other side or something, but that she was very close, 
close to them and their teachers or something who sort of took her under her wing and she ran into other versions of herself from different realities and that they were all participating in this project to get our particular reality back into into gear because our one reality was messed up was not in line with the realities around it and in order for those realities to actually go through an, a, 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 some sort of cosmic uh, uh, you know societal ascension that they needed to get our reality in line and our reality is of course just messed up fubar basically yeah basically what happened in all the other realities was around the nixon administration and and i'm totally 100 percent gonna slaughter this but i think i have the general gist of it and it's impossible i mean Short of watching the video, it's impossible to like even what she, you know, there's lots of contradictory stuff in hers. But basically, the gist of it was somewhere back around in the Nixon era, mm-hmm. there was supposed to be a huge disclosure of UFOs and aliens. That the aliens come out and say, these are all the aliens that are that are around Earth and living in earth and oh she was she was she was meeting and interacting with a lot of aliens also there's and you oh, know yeah, like all those, yeah like all those narratives there's good aliens there's bad aliens there's reptilians there's grays you know all that there's the tall aryans and and all that uh, they don't like to be called that they like to be called nordics <laughs> right <laughs> but <Jeez>. uh <laughs> and uh there's I, I mean there's just a whole you know there's a whole zoology of them but um so when when this disclosure came about there were a lot of you know um scientific and you know cosmic revelations that that people and the the world basically you know became it's it started going towards star trek world everybody started getting along and the, the world was sort of united once they knew that they had space brothers and, you know, and that the, this, you know, the good space brothers were helping us against the bad space brothers. And, and we had more technology and, you know, the world became a, a more peaceful place and people started working on, you know, raising their vibrational because this is a big new age thing is each person has a vibrational wavelength and the higher your vibrational wavelength is the more you know spiritually enlightened you are and the the more animalistic and and connected to the world you are the lower your vibration is and you know the whole world was going through a collective raising of vibrations but in ours the government decided that to keep to suppress all the alien knowledge and then the 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 bad aliens got got in charge of everything and are invested in not having us you know go forward in our harvesting energy and you know there's a whole whole all of these things always end up to are appealing to the people who get really crazy about it because it gives them that narrative of where they're you know 
fighting us. They're 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 fighting a special cause. There's you know they're they are they're John Connor. You know a lot of them name themselves John Connor when they get online names too. You know yeah. So it gives them a sense of purpose and uh, and a community and stuff. But yeah, you know, and she she woke up from her dream. You know, after a week or you know twelve days or whatever and. And was told, you know, you know, deliver this message to to the world through YouTube, which means <laughs> this guy, your friends, and a, a couple people like me. <laughs> well, I'm helping disseminate it now, so so now all you guys are hearing it. I'm doing my part to to help raise the world's vibrational um, vib- vibration, man. Well, like the thing about it is, I mean, on the one hand, I don't want to be too dismissive of what other people believe just because of the fact that the law of numbers says that whatever it is that you believe about reality, there's a chance that it could be absolutely true. And when you're talking about a world that's populated by however many billions of people, the law of averages kind of says that, you know, someone here is going to be locked in on whatever the truth is. Someone out there stands some kind of chance of finding it. And so I, I would hate to be the guy in the room that, you know, shits all over what could be the truth. But whatever the truth is, I really hope it's not that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds, I mean, it sounds fascinating. And if you win the good fight, you're living on some sort of, you know, peaceful, psychic, you know, t- tunic wearing <laughs> Um, bandit, you know, uh, sweatband around your head world where you know, free love, universal, unconditional love, get along with the animals type of thing, you know, sounds great. But where, where's my steak coming from is what I want to know. I mean, I like steak. It's coming from the alien replicators. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, fine. Fair enough. Uh, look, I mean, there was a point when I was kind of collecting um conspiracy theorists and the generally the mentally deranged when I first got on Facebook and then when like my real life friends started, and here I am <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but then when my real life friends started like finding me on Facebook it's like okay I, these guys have got to go I can't have any more fights between cultists and um you know just these n- not Actual just like friends. UFO true believers but I mean like the the guys that that view cultists as like they're in on it, and the cultists think the ufologists are in on it, and yeah. and here here are these like mainstream friends of mine who just want to say hi. They're getting dragged in. I just I can't do that <laughs> into some ridiculous battle. Yeah. So as entertaining as I may find that, because you can imagine my newsfeed was mighty interesting. Um, you just can't to do you. that anymore. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But that really didn't happen. <laughs> I wish people learned to appreciate that and enjoy it more than another. I'm on I'm on this great uh, group on uh, that I, it was an invite only thing that I got got sucked into. It's the same place where I got Alex Jones's phone number. They had um they had Paul Ryan's phone number a little while ago and put it out. I think I I posted it up. That one was only good for Alex Jones's phone was good for all day. Paul Ryan's was probably good for about. 10, 15 minutes, I'll bet, you know, that you could get a voicemail on there before it was either full or changed. But um, anyway, it's it's basically a place for trolls to argue politics. 
And there's this one guy on there that everybody's fixated on because he's so stupid. Just like jaw-droppingly stupid as far as putting up arguments and his his sources for where he gets his information to prove his points are the trashiest most garbage websites you could ever you know sources of information which is okay you know every once in a while sometimes you can pick something out of that to be like here's something from here or whatever but when you see that that's his only that's the only restaurants he's only eating at mcdonald's basically mm-hmm. and uh as time as time's been going on and i've been watching all of it and like really kind of being a little disturbed as to how how much people sort of are invested in in interacting with this guy that they hate but they love to interact with him and i start noticing a couple other people's interactions with them and they had skype debates and i watched parts of the skype debates and i started going like yeah, these guys are just a couple of friends who are like, let's let's form this group. You be the heel and I'll be, you know, the straight man. And, you know, and what and and, the, and I'm just like, yeah, I've determined you're a, you're a character and your buddy is your friend and you guys are just fighting for everybody's amusement. And it's it's interesting but it's lost all its shine now that you're not real, you know, <laughs> now that, you know, now I'm just helping you with your improv, you know, I'm helping you hone your improv skills. I'd rather get paid to do that rather than like observing an actual like crazy person in the wild, you know? I, well, it does kind of, rem- I, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but it does kind of underscore the importance of, you know, why wrestlers adhere to, is this pronounced kayfabe? K-A-F-A-B-E, but it's basically the staying in character. You know, you have a character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're not supposed to... It's Andy Kaufman. Yeah. You know? You know, so whenever you see these... um, Like you see an interview with uh, Dwayne Johnson, he has a certain way of speaking. Whereas if you watch old videos of The Rock, he kind of had a different manner of speech, and he even had kind of like different mannerisms. And it's more than just like playing a character because he does it even in public, like he's doing a public appearance. And they call that, I think, I think it's pronounced kayfabe. And the idea is that it's, you're, you're inhabiting the role. Like you are living this character every moment of every day up to and including like getting a divorce or something like that. I mean, it's almost like church of the sub genius in its own kind of way. And that this is supposed to be your, like your total commitment. And you know, when you just read about how this is practically a religion for these people, and you're like, geez, I think you're going a little bit far with it. Well, when you think about what WWE is, it's basically, I hate to say it, but it, there is a sense in which it's kind of a scam. The reason they have it is precisely to avoid, you know, somebody like you coming along and openly and obviously kind of penetrating the veil and saying, oh, I see it now. You guys are all full of shit, you know, and you've, you're the straight man and you're the heel. And, you know, that's why it freaking existence and it's like guys you have this picture perfect mm-hmm. model that you can stick with in, yeah. in the wrestling world why are you not doing that you know it's funny that you bring that up because in the group today i i said this is <coughs> this is sort of like wwf except there's no audience <laughs> and everybody's <coughs> not breaking character <coughs> So, in essence, 
And it turns out the guy is an actor. He's been in plays and stuff. (laughs) So in essence, when you get into like one of this, this group, it's almost like being in in Hollywood and going to like acting classes where everybody's improving and stuff. Everybody's there. There's an actor. There's no audience there. They're all just like, let's come on, let's do this scenario, you know? And, it's it's fun, but after a while, it's like some some. I mean, when you go in there, you first you assume everybody's for real, and there's a lot of people <coughs> who still at least act like everybody's for real, mm. and and I've started being that dick who's like, this is performance art. You know, why are you guys so fascinated with it? Or, or unless you're in on it, you know, and no. And and I'm like and it's great because nobody will address those posts. And that's how, you know, on when you're on something, when yes. they don't they comment, just, they just keep going. They just bowl right over it. And I'm like, OK, I'm right. <laughs> I'm absolutely right, because nobody's going to be like. Mm, you know, I've had a cu- I, I got a couple people to respond when I'm like, hey, can we come up with some names for this guy and this guy's, you know, improv troupe? And a couple people came up with like insulting names for it. But that was all part of still them playing the game of like, this is my enemy, you know, mm-hmm. but they're all friends. They're probably they all they all love each other. As, as a matter of fact, when they, they all get butt hurt, when one of them doesn't respond fast enough on either side, it's it's hilarious and and horrible at the same time. Well, and like that's the thing. I mean, look, if you're going to do it, you owe it to really everybody to to do it right. And there was a point when I was a member of this uh, Facebook group. I think it's I think it was called Trump's dank meme stash i think is what it was called and you know i mean you can just imagine like this is like the you're almost getting into like the fringes of the alt-right at this point i mean there's almost well well when 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 it says dank memes you're talking that's coming from the 4chan dank memes is a 4chan there was a there was a hillary clinton and a bernie sanders dank memes and a jill stein dank memes page too yeah, I've seen okay. I've seen posts from all of those. Well, th- there was a there there came a point in um, you know, uh, reading all of that where the it, it, it there were people who always seemed to be going at each other, and it was right. This is a. I think this this group is, or at least it was, uh, open to the public, so you you don't have to join in order to see what people are posting. And there were these same like two or three people who would get together and tear each other up over stuff that had nothing at all to do with whatever was being posted. And it took. And, and all they were really doing was annoying everybody. And so then you know that would start its own little battle. And then yep. and that was when I realized ah, that's the trick. Um, that was their tactic. Yeah. It doesn't matter what – you could post something that says, hey, the sky is blue. They're going to find a way to turn that into some kind of a confrontation with each other, and then they drag other people right. in. Then they back away, and then they just eat popcorn. And it's yep. – I don't know why, but it's just the instant I, – I, I don't know how, how you roll when you see this stuff, but the instant I see the trick, it's like I lose it's respect done. for this person. You know, It's done. Yeah, it's, it's all done. And I – 
Yeah, I, I, one of my, one of my favorite <laughs> moments on this page was, um, you know, you get a lot of people who join it who honestly, the, the page is, is blatantly states, you know, this is, this is a place where trolls dis- discuss politics. So it's going to be ugly. Oh yeah. And there, oh. I mean, there's a strong alt-right presence on it may, you know, or alt-right characters, you know, you can't really tell, but there's, there's a, you know, the one guy that I was describing is, is super alt-right mixed with loves Alex Jones. And, um, okay, that's he kind of got, a weird combination, but okay. Yeah. 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 Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It mixed with like kind of psychotic it's, it's, and, and when you see, when we finally started finding the plays he was getting in, he was getting, doing plays that like, lampoon trump and stuff and he's trump's champion on the site so it's like all right you're some wishy you're some liberal wishy-washy performance artist guy playing an alt-right guy you know mm-hmm. for what for whatever reason that he's for yeah for i don't know why you want to do that for, that's kind of risky isn't it i mean yeah i you know he's building a, a persona so he's and he's also like 22 years old so you know when you're 22 years old, you don't think of anything actually being risky anyway. But anyway, he had been banned. So he's like usually the strong voice and supporter. And, and I can't the, Trump had tweeted something and some and people were like, look what Trump tweeted. And oh, no, it was it had something to do with the, you know, grab him by the pussy thing and. And it was probably during when um, whatever the 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 guy that that wanted to was wanted to marry thirteen year olds or whatever, you know, it was probably during that kerfluffle during during it. And they, you know, somebody said something about, you know, well, you know, Trump did say the grab him by the pussy thing, and someone someone under it wrote fake news. And they wrote it and they wrote fake news sarcastically, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that'll just get written off as fake news. But this one woman who was new to the group was uh, was just like, I can't believe that you are saying that, you know, fa- that that's fake news, blah, blah, blah. You're the biggest. It, you people are the biggest, you know, just going into the diatribe of like you're an idiot. You're not have no case in reality because she thinks the person who posted it is actually the exact opposite of what they actually are. And I'm watching this and I'm like, Oh my God, now I'm seeing the scenario for the guy who's banned right now, how he could totally like, you know, use this situation for fun, but he's a terrible troll. So he doesn't know how to do it. So I'm like, please let him back in the, they let him back in the group. And I'm like, I'll show you how it's done. (laughs) And like this woman gives a whole, like, Ah, you're you're an idiot, and I'm like, look, you liberals, blah blah blah. You can say whatever you want, but you know, you know, just because you say that Trump said that he would grab him by the pussy, does not mean that he said it, you know. And I'm looking at you know, and I you know, I just basically said, you know, you can't prove to me that Trump ever even said that, and and of course, which takes her to all caps of like, R period you period kidding period me. He is on tape. It uh, was on national TV. He is on videotape saying that blah, blah, blah. It was played a million times on TV. And I'm like, 
well, you know, nowadays with CGI, and I just, I actually, I just wrote CGI. And she, and you know, you could see that she just went, her brain went kaboom. She's just like, you are the biggest idiot. And I'm like, you can't tell me that they can't simulate anybody saying or doing anything nowadays. Why should I believe anything? Like, and you know, I just kept going around and uh, around and not addressing anything she said until <laughs> she was just, until she left the group. She was just like, you, I cannot believe how stupid you people here are. And she left and I'm like, there you go, dude. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he still never learned that he, and then he tries to copy things that I do, but he just copies like the, the same name that I'll call somebody. And it's like, no, you're not getting it, man. <laughs> bad troll. You're bad troll. Well, yeah. And like, the thing is, I mean, like if you're the, the whole idea, I always thought of, uh, trolling the easiest thing to do and maybe well, it depends it, on what you want to do what you're setting out to do well yeah i don't know it's just to me the lowest hanging fruit is always going to be uh frustration you know yes yes that's the easiest <laughs> that's the easiest yes because and, you could just sit and just do whatever you're doing and you just yeah there's this uh jrr tolkien uh group that i'm a uh that i'm a uh, member of and I was just in a really fucking bad mood one night. And I, I could tell you why, but you'd laugh at it. And I, anyway, so it, but the point is, I was just, I was in a mood, right? And that's the issue. So um, somebody posted something on the, uh, on, on that uh, Facebook page. And I had seen this meme so goddamn many times at this point that it's just whatever creativity or, or whatever that went into this thing it's just not cool anymore i'm it's, sick of it and so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pick somebody and i'm gonna drive this person and, and as it happened it was actually the original <laughs> poster i'm gonna drive this person into an uh into an aa meeting is what this is going to come down to i'm not going to let off the gas until i'm convinced this person <laughs> has got some serious problems and you know, uh, it, I forget what the exact Anger. post was, but mm. it was basically something along the lines of, you know, why do Tolkien readers look down their nose at Tolkien movie watchers? Or it was something like that, you know? Basically, you know, Tolkien fans versus ringers, and why don't we, you know, why can't we all just get along? And and so, and the the tone of it was, you know, this, this follow-up comment that she posted, they just think they're just so much better than the rest of us. And to which I replied, well, you know, you kind of have to admit it is possible that they are better. Just kind of putting that in the background. Just let that just weigh that. Let Just let me know what you think. And her replies, no, all opinions are, are, are completely valid. And it doesn't matter what your perspective is and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, OK, look, that's great. I'm just saying it is possible that they are superior. I mean, you can admit that, right? Surely you of all people can admit that. And you have to phrase it just that way, you know? <laughs> And I just kept it, and it's like it doesn't matter what she said, or and it was actually to the point she was bringing up like uh, scientific studies and uh, papers that were written by like actual like real academics and all this other stuff about you know the inner workings of psychology that you know there really isn't and and I think it probably went on for like a good hour and a half, and she actually did quit the group, and I didn't feel any better about my problems at all, but you know it's uh, <laughs> not that's my why mom. I like. Hmm? That's why I like the group Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. They, the, I think they're all older and they're all just, they're 
old school exploitation movie watchers. So oh, they're no. beyond, beyond. They've gone to We're that place. We're talking about an audience so, that is impossible to offend at this point, aren't so we? So far beyond political correctness that they've reached a place of also very strong um, manners and courtesy. So, because all these people like such a large disparity of, and we're dealing with exploitation movies, some of which are like awful. So people are gonna, you know, there's gonna be a lot of love and hate movies in there, yeah. and it's developed this very strong, um, you know, respect for other people's opinions, and and, but having a respectful and in depth argument about the merits or demerits of something mm -hmm. all, all the while being friendly and they've gotten a, a new generation of people in of coming in and i don't want to say new generation is in younger but just more you know they get influxes of people that join the group right and don't haven't quite don't figure out what sort of the discourse is like on there and they had this one guy who popped in and what and was just like he said he was basically came in and he's like um, uh, Black Panther was the most offensive movie I've ever seen in my life. It's a you know racist piece of. Sh it was basically just all inflammatory remarks, without you know. And and a lot of the people in this group, especially I I think the 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 people who run it like work in the film industry and stuff like that. That's so they crazy. so the the discussions are usually more if you're saying it's bad you're talking about cinematography and stuff like that. <clears throat> this guy just sort of laid down his points and you know the the first person on him was just like, well, you know, um <laughs> what you can't you can't just say it's offensive in the most racist movie ever. You have to put some sort of reason down for that. What is your reasoning behind this? And the guy goes, "I don't have time to explain to you." Just read the history of Africa and the history of I can't remember what the I think it was Australia. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, read shit. I think I know where he's going with that. He says, Ooh. read the history of both of those books. And instantly nobody was having any of it. They're like, look, man, that's not a good answer. I'm not going to stop and read the history of Africa and the history of Australia and try to figure out the context that you're using to say that this movie is racist. You said it. You have to explain it. Otherwise, we're, and it was within like five or six more exchanges that the moderators had frozen the, the thing from any more comments and put the guy on double secret probation, basically. And uh, it was beautiful because they recognized it and shut it down immediately without being like, ah, let's give this guy a chance. You know, no, instantly he's in the timeout booth and, and, uh, I, I, I love when that happens. There's two that's the that's the 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 wedge that the trolls get in is when you start like I'm gonna argue with this person. <laughs> <laughs> well and I mean, you've done you've 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 fallen it you've fallen into the honey trap, into the uh, tar baby basically. Well and and when you get into like the esoterica of some of these groups, it's always kinda weird like what it is that sets people off. But mm -hmm. to kind of circle back to that Tolkien group, somebody posted a picture. It, it It's a kind of well-known moment from The Two Towers, right? You've got Gimli saying, I never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. And then Legolas says, what about dying side by side with a friend? 
And then it's this kind of poignant moment, and Gimli says, yeah, I can do that. And so somebody memed that, and so it's Gimli saying, I never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. And then it's this two-dimensional representation of Legolas's head saying, how about dying side by side with a side? And the cut back to Gimli, and it's just a giant eyeball saying, I, 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 I. <laughs> and I don't know why, but that broke some people, right? They're like, God wow. damn it, you know? And it was, but, you know, it's it's kind of strange sometimes, like, it's just absurdity. It's that should actually that would seem like something that would even break the tension. You would think, you know? Yeah, I would have thought so, but like that melted some people's minds. And it's like, look, hats off to whoever came up with that because that is some very high quality photoshopping that they did on uh, on that thing to to really make it look like convincing and whatnot. It's just incredibly well done. And then there's the humor of it, which is. It's like three or four different fucking levels of nerdiness. I mean, how do you not love this? And it's right. like people, it's like it just shorted out their minds or something. I don't know, but it was, oh, God. And it's just, it's weird. The nerd mindset attracts OCD and and autistic spectrum. I don't know if that's really, like, really scandalous to say, but you know what I mean? It, and and the people who are and the people who are just like socially not not that up to speed and can't are tone deaf to any kind of humor at all or that they take every you know everything per, that's the thing about the internet is it is it those are the people most those are the people who whenever you have whatever kind of community are the ones that are going to be always there when you show up, you know, say in the day days when you used to go to forums all the time, I don't know if you did, but when, you know, you had to go to forums all the time to talk to people, you would go to, you would go to the forums and you knew there were some people that if you were just like, Ooh, if I put a post up right now, I could have a nice little chat with this person because you knew they were by the computer and keeping their eye on that particular world at all times, you know? Whereas everybody else was checking in once a day, once a week, once every other day, and uh, yeah, it, the 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 internet collects and concentrates that the the good and the bad and the and the OCD all <laughs> together. Well, and it does kind of make me just kind of tie it all back. You know, it, if there really was. Uh some kind of an ability for people in the future to travel back to our past and just kind of like we're the flyover country of the space-time continuum and we're just the poor sons of bitches that are caught in the middle trying to... Every know. once in a while they empty their, their toilet over us. Yeah. Someone and gets hit on the head with a blue rock. Part of me is actually kind of thinking it would be kind of unfortunate, you know, if the the era in which you and I live is kind of like a casualty and all of that. Then I sign on to Facebook for 10 minutes. I'm like, no, okay, fuck this. So, yeah, let it burn. <laughs> Mandela away. Mandela's <laughs> away. Well, I got to tell you, this this went in some kind of bizarre and kind of fucked up directions. So. <laughs> but uh, not... Do you have any uh, uh, parting comments or anything like that about the Mandela effect before we call it a night? No, I'm a strong. I am a strong believer in multiple realities in some quantum way. I think that's a totally plausible and 
reasonable thing. And I think it's something that's just sort of come into our brains first through science fiction. And now there's like hints, surface hints in quantum physics that, you know, stories like Philip K. Dick and old science fiction writers had a grain of truth about them. And I think Mandela effect is people's way of reacting and dealing with that, which means they take, you know, something scientific and potentially possibly real and then totally misinterpret it and <laughs> turn it into, you know, they, they, they put it into reality in a sort of more frame of what they're used to from like movies and books and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's a reaction <clears throat> to things people are seeing in the news and stuff like that. All right. Fair enough. Well, the uh, some of the most outspoken, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the most outspoken um, opposition or resistance, perhaps, to uh, the idea of the Mandela effect, I find it comes from, oddly enough, two superficially dissimilar camps. There are, you know, the, uh, for want of a better way to put it, the religious fundamentalists, and then there's also the more hardcore. Uh, scientific materialist types. Right. You know, basically, if you have any kind of inclination toward metaphysics whatsoever, I find that you're at least willing to consider the yeah. possibility of the Mandela effect. Whereas, if you're too far on the extremes, if you less start so. getting into any sort of mainstream non-New Age religion, it it totally contradicts all that. So it has to be it, it's. <clears throat> Not even on the table. And see, that's and the if, thing. I don't think I completely agree with that because um, I've always, you know, I mean, it's not exactly, I, I don't shout it from the rooftops in every episode I do, but it's not exactly a secret that I am Catholic. Well, no, um, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm, not think... say, I'm saying from a structural point of view, from like the, the church's point of view, rather than from somebody who adheres to a religion, because I know people of all sorts of religions who have for want of a better word, some, some new age ideas mixed in with their religion or they've, they're, they're not, or they've taken the more dogma, they've expelled the more dogmatic, um, literal aspect of their religion and put something more, you know, more new age in there to describe it saying like, yeah, I'm not strictly, you know, I, I, you know, God and Jesus are metaphors for the energy of this and that or whatever. But, this church is the closest to, but I'm not talking about people who like belong to the religion. I'm talking about like the Catholic church is not going to come out and say, you know, we think the Mandela effect might be really happening or the Mandela effect. While it may just be a thing, it's still, still, you know, fits, fits within the Catholic Catholic dogma. I don't think that would be something they would do. Well, I mean, I'm not a, uh, like I, I, I would say that I'm Catholic, but I'm just not really very good at it. But uh, I, the um, the way I view it is that you know, if if you go with any kind of Christian conception of God and like as you know the Almighty as the Creator, well, it's all right there in the name Creator. So it, that's basically one less syllable you have to you have to add in for creative. And to me, it kind of seems possible that you know what. If God is as, if he's as creative as I kind of think he would have to be in order just to be God, 
doesn't it kind of add up? Doesn't it make sense that there would be multiple realities, possibly infinite realities? And for whatever reason, maybe wants to maximize probability or he wants, uh, for whatever his reasons right. might be, uh, who the hell can even say at this point? I mean, we're so well, far that's, off. That's, I'm, I'm more in the camp of like, when, when you start talking about God as in God and multiple realities and wanting to create things, I think it gets to a point of where, you know, our brains can only process and understand so much, or at least if there's more that, you know, if there's more that we can understand, we have to go through a process to get there that we're not at or something. But I think if there's at some point, you know, my idea of like, if I had to sit down and define God for like, we're going to have an argument about God. This is my definition of God that I work off of. When I say God, this is what I'm talking about. I would think God being the totality of reality would say in some metaphorical terms, want to, experience and go in every single direction there was a possibility you know so if you were if you were uh, uh, whether you were consciously doing it or unconsciously doing it or doing it in some way that we don't understand it would be like oh you know I can do if I'm infinite I can live out every variation of every single thing ever and it would sort of cover ideas of reincarnation where there's you know reincarnation is sort of the one-dimensional aspect of that where you're living multiple lives along a timeline but maybe you're not living multiple lives along a timeline maybe you're popping back and forth you know but it's just the sort of totality of things and if you're in a universe where you that every possibility is there and you're infinite it would just sort of makes sense to me that everything potent everything possible would manifest in some way and you know on some level it's manifesting it all at once but we only experience it through our point in time or or stuff like that so i'm a mixture of some religious stuff some science stuff and and uh, admittedly even though i kind of hate it and make fun of it there's some new age ideas in there for (laughs) want of a better term you know but but i i never think of god as being like although i think in the infinite if there's infinite things then there would be like potentially in one universe a god who you know uh uh, manifestation that is like God of the, the I throw fun, thunderbolts and then there's a God that's more like Buddha you know or whatever and then there's one where like destroy all monsters they all live together and have battles frequent, frequently on a whole continent you know I like to believe that I like to believe that there's one where we're it's exactly like this but you and I are green only you and I everybody else is normal and we're famous <laughs> but we're doing exact podcast and we're both short we have wispy hair we talk backwards we have telekinetic abilities yeah sure sure and <laughs> or maybe and, i do and, and maybe yakov you're green smirnoff but you have like giant the, muscles and yakov smirnoff is basically the frank sinatra of our time 
It's all happening. Just by us, just by us thinking about it, has brought it into reality somewhere in some universe. And I'm apologizing right now to that universe for doing that. But if I had to apologize for every idea that I had that brought some sort of horrifyingly annoying or terrible universe into existence, I never. Yeah, have we could be here all night. Else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. It's funny. I'm, this is my third third day in a row. I'm going through the spiel on twotruefreaks.com. We just added Charlie's Geekcast to the to the family of podcasts. That's Char- Charlie Niedermeyer. I was I was embarrassing myself at home because I kept saying to everybody, Niedermeyer, wasn't there some nerd character named Niedermeyer? Isn't he like the ultimate geek name? That's so great. And then I remembered, well, actually, Scott McGregor reminded me, no, Niedermeyer was the jock frat boy in Animal House. And I'm like, oh, so he's yes. the exact opposite of Charlie Niedermeyer. <laughs> he is not the ROTC uh, student leader. Uh, he, we've just added him to the Two True Freaks family. We've got probably 30 people actively podcasting now. Gardner and I are back in the swing of things. We just did a new Comics Monthly Monday with uh, with the legendary Michael Bailey, and we're planning on doing that regularly. And we had a riot doing it. Man, we haven't done one in three years. No, I know. I, I, it, it's in my uh, iTunes. I can't wait to get to it. This is great. It was one of those wonderful things where we hopped on, you know, I and, and actually not even through the whole re- pre-recording, after recording, okay, see you guys later, click, click, click. There was never any, you know, we were like, oh my God, it's been three years or whatever, but it just went down exactly like <laughs> it had always gone, gone down with a recording, you know, yeah. just sort of like Mike messing around with the dogs ahead of time and... and me and Scott burping and making rude jokes and then starting. It was, it's great. It was, it was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> well, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining in. Always a pleasure. And uh, I think that's actually uh, pretty much it for me uh, this week. Now, as to next week, I probably should have planned this out a little bit better in advance, but I'm going to go ahead and go off memory and suggest that the Smallville retrospective, among other things, next week, it's going to be a continuation of Season 6, Smallville's shippiest season, talking about the episode Justice. So uh, there's something to look forward to. But like I say, I think that's pretty much it for me this week. So bye, everybody. I will see you next week. We'll be serving up justice. <laughs>
hosted by Ryan Daly and Chris Franklin. Nightcast chronicles the Cape Crusaders' adventures in Batman and Detective Comics after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Highlights from this legendary era include Batman number 400, Legends, Mike Barr and Alan Davis, Batman Year One, Batman Year Two, Max Allen Collins, Ugh. Um, the new Jason Todd, Ugh. Millennium? You're not doing this right, let me take over. Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle! Alan Grant from Jurassic Park? Did you hear me say Norm freaking Brayfogle? Oh yeah! Son of the Demon! The Killing Joke! Death in the Family. Batman Year 3. A Lonely Place of Dying. Alan Grant, Alan Davis, Max Allen Collins. Why are there so many people named Alan from this era of Batman? The Rise of Tim Drake. Legends of the Dark Knight. And that's just up until 1989. Did anything exciting happen with Batman after that? You'll have to tune in to find out. Batman Nightcast, part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Find it on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Oh, we forgot to mention your favorite issue, When Batman Fires Dick Grayson. You want to find another co-host? Okay, so I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus, which is spelled T R. E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help you spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play. Keep it fairly short, and yours could be next. My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promos section. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, 
please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law, some assembly required, batteries not included. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demanzacor of Milan, Italy. Thank you.